Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai. Shri Shri Dhaji Gopal ki jai. Bhaur Bhakti Bhanda ki jai. Bhaur Premanandi ki jai. Good evening everyone. Welcome. Welcome. I said welcome. Bienvenido. Bienvenido. So, any questions tonight? Preguntas. Any preguntas? seems to be a con- not a contradiction but um, some contrast between the scenes we see in the Chaitanya in the Kirtan and the Chaitanya Bhagavata where they are they are sometimes they, they, they behave like they're crazy they're really transported by their ecstasy and they do all kinds of things and then we're admonished to um, well, to take it from the example in reality that I want to know about, I see sometimes videos of uh, one in Krishnabharam Mandir of somebody who was dancing, singing, some, somebody with long hair, some Indian guy, dragging, balancing the mridanga on his head and doing a whole show. And, mm-hmm. and I asked, just out of curiosity, does anybody even know him? Does he serve under some guru? Does he have a sadhana? Because everybody was filming him and neglecting the deities and and the holy names, apparently, and they were all reacting like, we don't know, we can't tell if he's a saint, we don't want to make offenses, and there's got to be some way to recognize something, some criterion. They seem to be quite sentimental, but then again, what if he was a Siddha Mahatma? Mm-hmm. So, um, let me explain the question a little bit, because everyone may not be familiar with the background of the question. So the question is about kirtan. Kirtan is uh, the uh, it derives from the the word derives from the Sanskrit verbal root kirti, which means fame. So it it it, it is uh, the implication is kirtan is a glorification, and um, it is. The, the function of kirtan um, with regard to it being a glorification manifests in the form of the chanting. Hmm? And there are different types of then glorification through the chanting. Um, there can be chanting of the sacred uh, logos, the names of God. Hmm? And um, there are other types of kirtan about qualities of God, form of God, Leelas of God and so forth. Hmm? Um, and this um, kirtan, let's call it you know, sacred, uh, sacred song or sacred chanting. Hmm? It's uh, it's popular these days in the um, contemporary spiritual uh, community around the world, the yoga community, for example popular, but it is itself an anga or a limb of the angi, the body of the discipline of yoga called bhakti. And bhakti, 
means uh, the yoga of love and devotion. So, to give you a contrast, we have Ashtanga Yoga, which is is popular discipline. Um, the uh, two famous uh, promoters, if you will, of, uh, of Ashtanga Yoga in recent times were Ayingar and Patabi Joyce. They both have the same guru, Krishna Namacharya. Hmm? And um, so they propagated this discipline of Ashtanga Yoga, and Ashtanga Yoga has different limbs, yamas and niyamas, hmm? kind of like a foundation of what's favorable for yoga and what's unfavorable for yoga. So among the angas of the limbs of the body of the discipline of Astanga Yoga, Astanga means eightfold. Hmm? Eightfold. So you have yama, niyama, an ethical basis, do's and don'ts, what's favorable or unfavorable for the practice. Yama, niyama, asana, which is quite popular. Uh, different postures and so forth. Pranayam, the breath control. Um, um, uh, uh, pratyahara, hmm? um, to withdraw hmm? the uh, the senses from sense objects of the world and focus that energy within. And uh, dharana means uh, as a result of that. Withdrawal. There's a there's a concentration. Dhyan. It turns into meditation. Culminates in samadhi. So, these are the angas of Astanga Yoga. Now I pointed out because you may have noted that kirtan is not one of the angas of Astanga Yoga. It's another form of yoga that's popular called Gyan Yoga, and also kirtan is not a limb of the body of Gyan Yoga, but it is a limb of the body of bhakti yoga and a prominent limb and it's easy to understand because in love you know we tend to express our emotions and feelings and um, the feelings from love are such that they can hardly be put to words hmm? it said in a famous song from my youth that um, I tried to say I love you, but the words got in the way. Hmm? <laughs> so, um, the beauty, in one sense, about bhakti, as opposed to jnana yoga or mystic yoga, is that it really focuses on something very spiritually positive, spiritual love. It says that our pursuit of love in the world is off-center, but love can be found when it's properly centered on 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 God. Uh, the yogas of Gyan and the mystic yoga are not uh, as focused on a positive becoming in the context of loving as they are focused on overcoming the karmic implications of our material sojourn. Hmm? So we move in the world 
And because we're embodied hmm, and identified with the body, the body has needs, so we're, we're taking from the environment to one extent or another. And when we take, then we owe. That's the principle of karma. Hmm. And so, to come out from underneath that debt, which um, fuels the repetition of birth and death, the reincarnation, life after life, the cycle, samsara, fuels it. Hmm. To come out from underneath that, of course, is, is, is significant, and it's to come to, to knowledge. Because the movement within the realm of karma is, again, movement based on a misunderstanding that I have a certain necessities, that I, by adding things to my life, I'll be more complete. This all has to do with the body and, and the psychological self, the biological and psychological self. It has something to do with the Atma. Hmm? But when the Atma is identified with a psychophysiological manifestation, then it feels it has needs. So we tend to think that if we get, get things in our life, our life would be more complete. But um, the fact of the matter is that the pursuit of things and the attachment to them is actually the, the cause of misery because we can't keep them forever and so they're, and they may transform like all things do. We may get a new car but transform into an, into an old car. We may not have paid the debt yet and it's, it's not working anymore. So, just to give a crude example, so this is basically the realm of karma. It's, it's, it's problematic. So, it's movement that rises out of ignorance. The ignorance of thinking that by identifying with and acquiring things, I can become more fulfilled. I can become perfectly happy. It's just not true. So, that movement is a kind of ignorance. If we come to knowledge with regard to that, then we can cease from interacting with sense objects in pursuit of happiness. And therefore one becomes a contemplative, for example, or a yogin, sitting in the postures, living under in a hollow of a tree here, hmm, and doing yoga. And it's very fascinating. And, and uh, someone can sit in meditation for a long time and so forth. So from active life to contemplative life, by active life, acting, moving in relation to things, the things are always changing, so I keep moving, and I take, and I owe, and off to work I go, and so I'm in the cycle of samsara. So to come out from that requires some knowledge, and, um, and letting go, you get the theoretical knowledge, you start to let go, and then there are different practices. The yoga, asana, for example, is sit, Hmm. Try to make, and do pranayama, make the mind peaceful, and so forth, and so on. And so, gradually through through these disciplines, Astanga Yoga, for example, and Gyan Yoga, one can come to uh, to knowledge and and overcome the karmic debt. Hmm. So the focus, as I'm saying, is primarily to overcome the negative hmm, and come to peace. So we're kind of at war because we're on the take. One living being is food for another here. That's just a fact. So we're on the take. We've identified with the body. The body has needs. 
and we think it's ourselves, so according to its needs, we're moving and we're taking from the environment. So that's kind of a, a perpetual war, if you will. We may think we're in peacetime, but you don't know what the animals think about it necessarily, or the insects. Hmm? Might not be, our actions may not be peaceful for them. So on some level, there's just this is the world of war, if you will. So it's a, it's a very from a one sense kind of a Darwinian perspective that is a struggle for existence. Hmm? Um, problem. So from war. It is positive to go to peace. But peace really means ending war. So, these two other disciplines, Gyan Yoga and Astanguru, basically are about attaining peace. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. But as I often say, love is peace and more. So, one side is the war, then we come to peace. What about love? Well, we might conclude through spiritual insight, wisdom, that I was trying to love, that was the problem. Hmm? So I should stop loving and come to the knowledge that there is no such thing as love hmm? and I should just be peaceful. Hmm? Shanti, shanti, shanti. But the Bhakti tradition says, no, there is, there is love. The human condition tells us something about the atma, about the self, about the soul, about our spiritual prospect. Hmm? And so we are, materially speaking, as humans, lovers, or we're trying to be. Hmm? We're trying to find love. Hmm? We end up embracing only a shadow of love, often, that is, that is attachment and so forth. But is there love or is there no love? Hmm? So the Bhakti tradition says there is love, love of love of God, and you need then the the figure of the Godhead, who is uh, to come into the picture, the source, the fire of consciousness that we are the spark of, to come into the picture, hmm? and through in the yogic sensibility have a union and relationship with the source. Right. So this is the idea of bhakti. Now, in the bhakti yoga, we try to establish that relationship with the Godhead. Primarily, this is our positive focus, hmm? and the negative influence of ignorance that we try to clear off, it goes away naturally. Hmm? If ignorance is attachment to things that don't endure, and love constitutes an attachment to something that, that does endure and is lovable, then I can let go of the false attachment for something positive hmm? very easily. And so, in bhakti, the practices are very easy. We do not, our students here are not um, sitting all day in a hollow of a tree and meditating. We are, and fasting, and undergoing various uh, overt austerities. What they are doing, however, it's very interesting because if we are, karmically speaking, takers and we want to stop taking, that's good. To stop taking is good. 
but it doesn't constitute the full face of loving. Not taking is part of loving, but it's not the full face of it. In bhakti, because the basis of love is service, what we do here, our austerity is to serve. No free time to sit under the tree and do nothing. In other words, if I think, oh, movement in the world and attachment is problematic, I will just sit. That's not a bad idea. But it said a good offense is the best defense. So if rather than taking, you give, you be, rather than being an exploiter, you become a servant. Hmm? This is very powerful. So all day we're busy, right? Cooking, growing, taking care of the cows and so forth and, and doing kirtan. Coming together like this, doing kirtan. Kirtan is the natural you can understand why it's not a limb of yoga, Ashtanga yoga and, and jnana. Hmm? Because um, when you love, like I said, you naturally want to express the love and it's not something that you can really put in words. So you, try to, it's tend to, you tend to put it in song, right? So many songs are about love. Hmm? If not all of them, directly or indirectly. So it's natural when you love someone, you, you sing about them, you, you try to express the love. Hmm? So kirtan is very central to bhakti. Krishna says in the Gita, satatam kirtayantomam vitantascha He says that the, my devotees are always engaged in kirtan about me, singing about me. And they do this in a dis. In, in, the, in the context of the yogic discipline, satsam kirtayantamam yatantas chadridabhartaha. Yatantas chadridabhartaha. They embrace certain vows. They have a vow of service. They rise in the morning early and so forth. They won't eat anything that's not first offered to Krishna hmm, with mantra and so forth and, and, uh, and so on. Hmm. Uh, they look like ordinary people doing ordinary things, but they're doing them all for the pleasure of of Krishna, there are all our all this, the movements are service and acts of love and so forth. And they get together and at different times of the day, as we do here, and express it in kirtan, hmm? singing the, the names of Krishna, many the many names of Krishna. So, this kirtan is very central to the yoga of love, hmm? and. There are many gods and goddesses in, 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 in Hindu pantheon, so many of them. But among them, it is Krishna who asks for kirtan, who says things like chanting my name, hmm? uh, your, your life will be perfect, and so on and so forth. So many, so many beautiful things are said about the name of Krishna. Hmm? Not so much about, uh, well, the, the, and he has many names. Hmm? We don't find Durga asking people to chant her name, Kali, Ganesh. Ganesh is not out there saying, just chant my name and I'll be there. Hmm. He doesn't say that. These different gods and goddesses have different functions. Uh, so Kirtan is not for them. Kirtan, however, is so popular, we find it overflowing into the yoga community 
where they teach us Dango, but they also incorporate kirtan and so on and so forth. Although, technically speaking, classically speaking, it's not a limb of the body of that discipline. So its popularity is understandable. Hmm? But understanding it, what kirtan is, which is what we're talking about, is important. Therefore, again, Krishna says in the Gita, satatam kirtayantum, my devotees are always chanting about, about, about me, chanting my name, satatam kirtayantum yatantas chadradabrataha. Means there's a science to it too. There's an art to it. It's a yoga, and this is what you're talking about, basically. We hear the descriptions in Chaitanya Bhagavat or Chaitanya Charitamrita. These are ancient texts from about 500 years ago, when the most um, prominent spiritual figure, with regard to the kirtan and the, the idea that there is spiritual efficacy in chanting the name of God, which is something I think is embraced by all religious traditions. Hmm? In the Bible it said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was one. It's saying that there, the sound, hmm, the divine logos, is, is one with, with the Godhead. Ordinarily speaking, sounds don't represent things. I can say floor. But the floor is not going to manifest <laughs> just by saying floor, floor, floor. Partially it will. If I go into a to a contractor and I say floor, floor, <laughs> floor, he say, you want a floor? <laughs> floor. So the, my, the, my point here is that the more that a sound corresponds with the object that it seeks to identify, the more perfect the language and the more perfect the sound. Hmm. Right? Hmm. right? So, amongst the spiritual traditions, it's thought that there, is a div- there are divine sounds. Hmm. So, the, n- n- the names of God, the divine logos. And logos means name and it also means logic. So, again, there's, it's a sentiment. Chanting looks crazy, fanatical, but there's wisdom to it also. It's, it's, there's an art to it. There's a science. There's a, there's a philosophy and a theology that underlies it. Hmm? That's considerable. A dharma of the name. And in India, about 500 years ago, there were a number of saintly people um, advocating this kirtan. But amongst them, Sri Chaitanya was the most significant. And unlike many of the contemporaries of the time, like Guru Nanak. Uh, Kabir um, and others who were advocating different types of kirtan, they advocated that the name was Saguna, and Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya emphasized the name is Nirguna. Hmm. Saguna means it, it's it's of a very refined material quality, and it can be chanted to attain something that makes one silent, hmm. ultimately. But in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's school, of course, the name is Holy One with Brahman. Hmm? Hmm? And the Absolute. And it's it, therefore it's Nirguna. Therefore, it's a, the, the, the practice of the chanting is the, is the destination. In the words, the, 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 the journey is the destination, they said. The, and it, it's very spiritual logical because in order to attain a spiritual idea, you need a spiritual practice. 
not a material practice. Karma and jnana are under the influence of rajas and sattva. Therefore, they cannot under themselves afford us standing in transcendence. Therefore, that's why bhakti has to be factored to some extent into, into, into karma, karma yoga. It has to be factored in or into, into jnana yoga or stanga yoga for that matter. And it's, it is mentioned in the Yoga Sutra, this Ishwar Pranidhan is a form of bhakti. Um, so, in order for those practices to be effic- efficacious, even the Varnashram, for it to be efficacious, there must be some bhakti, there must be, therefore Vishnu is amongst the gods who is to be honored. Hmm. You don't know why in Varnashram, but when you do that, some bhakti is there. Then the whole thing works, is the idea. Hmm. So, so, at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he started a school of kirtan, nocturnal school of kirtan in the house of Shivas. It overflowed outside the doors and went throughout the subcontinent of India, as he did. And there are reports in the texts that um, describe his teaching and life uh, of extraordinary experiences within the kirtan, weeping and leaping and laughing and rolling on the ground and so on and so forth, and, and carrying on into the into the into the, and suddenly it's morning. And suddenly it's morning, <laughs> you know, all night and, and so forth. Th- these kind of descriptions are given. Hmm? Now it's important with regard to those descriptions, which are very attractive and compelling, hmm, um, to, as I say, um, to understand the underlying philosophy and the art, the yogic art of kirtan. Kirtan's not just for Ganesh or... Shiva, necessarily, or Durga, Kali, but for Krishna, for Narayana, for Bhagwan. Hmm? Um, there aren't a lot of hard and fast rules, that's true, but there are attendant uh, things that we can embrace that will be favorable for the kirtan. When it says, Namasyantas chamam nityam, Kirtsavsatam kirtayantamam yatantas chadudavarta, Taking vows, he took a vow to chant a certain number of times, for example. Hmm. Vows like Ekadasi hmm. these days, Janmastami, where the chanting will be increased and so forth. So, it's it's it's, uh, it's so the, the, there's something underlying the kirtan. So to be acquainted with that is important, and it's kind of what you're talking about in your question. Hmm. And so when we hear and we, we read these descriptions of these ecstatic kirtans, where Tears are pouring and falling on the ground and so forth and so on. Um, and then we see something like that on YouTube. Um, then your question is, is it the same thing? How would we know it, or is, is it, if it's the same thing or if it's, it didn't look exactly like the reports that you had read, but there were some similarities to it and some people seem to be taking it in that way. And so your question is how to how to know the difference and so forth. Hmm? 
One time, uh, I'll give a real simple answer. It's a bit crude, but one time years ago, there was uh, in, in in England, in, in London, the, the devotees of my Guru Maharaj had uh, been performing kirtan in, in a temple that had started. And one fellow came, an Indian fellow, and he would jump in the kirtan, and then he would fall on the ground and roll around and wail and so forth. And so the devotees didn't know what to make of it, which is kind of what you're asking about. And so they asked Prabhupada, and Prabhupada said, kick him in the head and and then, you know, see what happens. I mean, or in the butt or something, I don't know. <laughs> in other words, Prabhupada knew something. He knew many things, but we're talking about there's an underlying teaching, right? One of the things... That under one of the points of this teaching is that the ideal that will to attain through this chanting that will cause one to chant like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did and weep and so on and so forth. One of the teachings is what Sudurlaba. Sudurlaba. It is very rarely attained. So Prabhupada knew this is rarely attained. Some guy comes off the street. And just jumps in the kirtan and and uh, imitates and pretends he's an ex or he thinks he is, you know, and he, he he's imitating things that are rarely achieved, the kind of spiritual ecstasy uh, that the kirtan can afford us, but it takes time and practice and so forth. And so, if someone was in the the, the measure, experiencing the measure of ecstasy, that his external movements appeared to indicate that he was, you could have kicked him and he wouldn't have noticed it. Hmm? He would have just been... But as soon as he said, ouch, then you know, well, you're know, you not in the trance of spiritual ecstasy here. And so it was a crew... I mean, they didn't really kick him. I mean, but probably was making a point. Hmm? One time, another fellow, later, later years, um, he... Um, this is after Prabhupada left... Uh, departed from the world, and um, he was uh, a leader in the group that did the kirtan and so forth. And he started in kirtan, falling off of his chair like a chair, like this. He was, a, he was in a position of a teacher. He used to fall off the chair and roll on the ground. So Pujapad Sridharmarsh was approached by some of the devotees, and. Said so we don't know. Maybe he's experiencing the bob. And Shridhar said, "Never." He was very. He was making the same point. This is. I know what this is, and I'm prepared to undergo, embrace the vows and the practices for hundreds of lifetimes to get this. It's very, very, very cheap. Not very, not a cheap thing. Turned out the guy was taking LSD, which can do it to you. <laughs> Which can make you roll around and so forth. So, so there are imitations. That's a fact, and there there needs to be a way to determine um, um, what's real spiritual ecstasy and what's not. We're we, uh, um, and and one of the one of the guiding lights here, of course, as I'm underscoring, is this is very rarely attained. Hmm. I'll give you another example. There was a saint thought to be in Bengal, and um, 
when he would, after the kirtan, he would drool and things. And um, so he came to a certain uh, temple in Calcutta and um, after the, the kirtan, he was drooling and so forth. And Tridharmarsh was curious. So he had heard about this person, so he went there. And um, and so he was managed to get next to him. And on the altar were the deities of Gore and Itai, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda, the, 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 the deities that preside over this Namsan Kirtan. So Sridharmarsh asked him, which one is Gore and which is Nityananda? And he said, oh, this one is Gore and this one is Nityananda. Then he realized, if you were in such a trance that you were drooling, I mean, these are the kind of symptoms we see in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, drooling, perspiring blood, tears pouring from the eyes like as if it was shot out with, with a syringe, um, uh, his, his limbs going within his body and so forth. Hmm? Uh, you know, if you're drooling, and kind of like unconscious and... Uh, and suddenly he was quickly conscious and quickly. So he said, "See, he immediately was satisfied. This is this is bogus. This is an imitation." Was his determination. So there's a fair amount of imitation, and um, the kind of movements that we hear about in the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, these are all arising out of bhava. There are three stages in bhakti. There's the bhakti in sadhana, or in practice, bhakti in ecstasy, we call bhava bhakti, and bhakti in perfection, prem bhakti, love of God. Hmm? So in, in sadhana bhakti, what happens is bhakti comes to us as an opportunity through, through, the, through the guru and sadhus. And then she resides in our senses. And, and so with, our, with the kirtan, she's playing our tongue and ears, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? In this stage, it appears like we're making the effort to chant, and effort is part of the practice. Hmm? But, and, and, and in that, we may sometimes hmm, feel a little inspired, maybe our arms may go up, or something like this. Hmm? But the same movements in sadhana bhakti are manifest in bhava bhakti, but the background to them is different. The background is ecstasy. They're dancing, moving out of ecstasy. Hmm? Now we may be out of imitation. We may be following someone in a good way. Imitation may be a good thing too. Imitation of a good thing is a good thing. Hmm? So imitation, sadhana bhakti is kind of like imitation. You, you, you become an apprentice, of someone who's in ecstasy, and you, you, you do the things that they do. They're doing it out of ecstasy, and you're doing it out of, I'd like to be like that, so I'll do what he or she does. Hmm? Because those are the way in, in which the ecstasy is, is being expressed, so we're trying to go the backwards way, do the things, and the ecstasy will express itself hmm? within us in due course. Hmm? And of course, then when we when we when we imitate in this way, and we do the things that such saintly persons do. We also learn from them the whys of it, the science, the art of it, and so on and so forth. So there's this period where we're learning the teaching, the philosophy, 
getting a conceptual orientation to the practice, and so on and so forth. Hmm? And in the context of that, we're chanting. Hmm? Um, now, as I said earlier, kirtan is also a, it means glorification, so it's not a form of entertainment. It's never a form of entertainment. We don't do kirtan to entertain the public. We do kirtan to glorify Krishna. If the public catches it, likes it, joins in with us, we're fine with that. But it's not a professional affair that we're doing to entertain people. Hmm? That's not what kirtan's about. It, by its very definition, it cannot be such. Hmm? It is, again, a glorification of Bhagavan, of God. That's what it is. Hmm? For his purpose. It should not be done indeed. It said that um, you shouldn't do kirtan to end the drought, hmm? for example. And in that way, consciously or unconsciously, compare it to other types of sacrifices that are appropriate for bringing about such things. The kirtan is, Dhamsan kirtan is for something else. It's for developing love of God. So that's, this is part of the science, if you will, the art. There are, there are aparabs, there are things that go against the chanting that you shouldn't do. And some of them are conceptual and so forth. Hmm? So uh, somebody did a thing I saw not so long ago, um, produced an album, Kirtan, of different... Um, ladies doing kirtan. Hmm. And um, then the proceeds from the sale of the album was to go to help widows in Vrindavan. Hmm. It, it was quite a popular thing, but it's a namaparad, <laughs> hmm. technically speaking. We don't do kirtan for helping the widows. That We do something else to help the widows. We do kirtan for another purpose. Hmm. We don't get kirtan, do kirtan to get money to change this material situation or that material situation, we do kirtan to end material existence in our lives altogether hmm? and develop love of God. So it's so to, to do it for other purposes, hmm? this is uh, not really kirtan, or it's it's an abuse of the uh, the uh, sacred uh, chanting. Hmm? And the widow should be helped, hmm. that's for sure. But that's another thing. Hmm. Um, so, again, there's an art, there's a science to it, and it, so it should be learned. Then we get the ability to make the kind of determinations that you're asking about. Now, I emphasize this point here momentarily, um, but it's not a kirtan, because I have seen in, in present times there's a lot of kirtan going on that constitutes a form of um, entertainment or it has that side to it, that edge to it. Hmm? We, um, there are many professional entertaining type kirtaneers in Bengal. Hmm. Prabhupada was very much against that hmm? and uh, stopped us from associating with, with such types of kirtan. Hmm? Um, but Along the same lines, I've seen some, some of the kind of things that you're you're talking about. 
where some groups they do kirtan and somebody gets in the middle and, and does some break dance or something like that or some other whew, really like pretty artful and uh, they you know they do somersaults and all kinds of stuff you know they're good at what they're doing but everybody's chanting and watching and and so on and so forth this is not what chit, what was happening in Jagannath Puri during the Ratha Yatra when Mahaprabhu formed seven different groups of kirtan and appointed different persons to play the drum and to play the cymbals and a person to lead the chanting a certain person to get in the center and dance Haridas would be in the center dancing here Nityananda in this group and so forth and in those groups seven of them Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in all seven of them at the same time he's not going to appear in that other <laughs> imitation of that somebody's doing some other mundane uh, dance performance or acrobatics and, and, and they're just kind of sweating and you know hot yoga or something like that this is not this is not for kirtan this is this is a, an abuse and all the attention is on somebody dancing and and and, and so it's very much off center therefore as i say it's a simple thing to chant there's no hard and fast rules but there are some things to consider <laughs> about it hmm? what it constitutes and what not therefore again satatam kirtayantam the second line means the understanding the teachings, making commitments, vows, following the codice, these they, it implies is that there's a science, an art to the chanting. What what constitutes kirtan is not a lip service. It's not an ear exercise. It's a heart exercise. It's not an eye exercise that we chant and somebody will dance and it's you know if you want to do that, get on dancing with the stars. Right? There's a place for that. Go for it. It's not for for, for kirtan. Um, so this is um, something to be uh, aware of. And then um, with regard to the kind of entertainment side of it, and then there's the imitation ecstasy, or maybe not, right? And and I've spoken a little bit about that by underscoring the, the 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 rarity of it, and on the other th- and and furthermore, um, the fact is that the deep spiritual experience through kirtan is not something that causes one to put oneself in the center. Hmm? Many many years ago. In, um, in in New Dwarka in, in Los Angeles, I had um, gone out through, for the day, and I was sharing the Bhagavad Gita and, and other books with people, which was something I did on a regular basis. And I came back to the temple, and there was an arctic in the evening. Hmm? Um, at the, in those days, a late arctic. There was a six, seven o'clock arctic, and it was like a Eight thirty-one. So, I went to the there, and there was no kirtan, but I did kirtan. It was, there was nobody there. I was doing kirtan, and I was quite um, inspired. And I was doing kirtan, and the deity of Jagannath began to to dance and spoke to me. 
And I became very ecstatic and I began to weep, but immediately there was no one there. And immediately after, I left and I went out and I found a van in the parking lot. And I crawled inside the van, lied down where no one was around and wept and wept and wept and and uh, in, in ecstasy. It wasn't something I felt like, check me out, I'm in ecstasy. I, the, the, the experience is, is, the, is the opposite. One feels so, so blessed, feels like something was given to me that so much outweighs my effort hmm? that all I can do is, 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 is be humbled by it hmm? and um, think that, that although I've been kind of selected in a sense, blessed, I'm least worthy of it. The feeling is coming at the same time. So it's not something that that it, that it kind of makes you want to get out of the center, if you will. Hmm? Now, if it's so overwhelming that, you know, you're just going to fall over there or something like that, that that's that's another thing. But that that's this is this is very um, um, would, be, would be very extraordinary. And then there would be other symptoms. So what happens after the kirtan? So some guy's dancing with a drum on his head and this and that and doing flips and people are thinking he's in ecstasy and what does he do afterward? A lot You can see in Bengal you can go there professional kirtaneers. I mean they can play better this way better than us and, and drum. They're professionals. And they, they could chant for hours. And afterwards they smoke, drink. We don't smoke and we don't drink here for good reasons. Hmm? Eat fish. Hmm? And they do kirtan for hours. Yeah, so it's it's a professional kind of. They do it in a professional way. That hmm? may, may not be entirely bad, but it's not what we're talking about as a as a central anga of bhakti, uh, properly understood, and so on and so forth. So it's an art. It's a science, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would have just you know to see the guy, but I. That help? Yeah, one objection or point they raise is that Prabhupada says many times, if you're an actor, act for Krishna. If you're a dancer, if you like to do this, do this for Krishna. So they weren't quite saying that he wasn't act. Some of them said he may be an ecstasy, we don't know, but they were saying he's doing it for the pleasure of the deities. What are you going to say to that? Doing what? What was he doing? Oh, as far as I remember, he was playing the drum, over, uh, balancing on his head, and Flipping it right-handed, left-handed, calling people over to chant the holy names. I mean, one was adjusting his hair because it was coming undone, making a turban, and the turban was coming undone. And then yeah, I, I felt a little... Sounds like a little bit of a showman, showman there. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the thing is, um, yes, we should do for the pleasure of the deities, but it would be good to know what they want. So... Um, Put oneself in the, in the center and put on. We don't see the great devotees in the lineage doing that. Hmm. So you know, there, there is a standard. There is an example. Hmm. We don't find that kind of um, showmanship, and for the most part, I mean, I'm not. I didn't see it. So I, you know, but I mean, there's a place for 
in one sense, encouraging people to get involved. And I, I've seen persons do that in ways that are not in, inappropriate. And uh, and um, because you know, also people can be a little inhibited, inhibited and um, leaning on the wall and stuff. So you want to get, kind of get out of your head and and get into the chanting and give your heart and so forth. And and um, and it's one thing to give your heart in that way. That's not what we really mean by spiritual emotion, but it's a way to kind of dovetail our material emotion and and um, our will, give our will, ourself, if we're a unit of will, to the kirtan. So, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area there. But those are some, some thoughts, some guidelines. Anybody else have a question about that? What's the time? Let me stop there. Shri Nam Kirtan Ki Jai, Suman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Nithai Chan Ki Jai, Shri Siddhaji Gopal Ki Jai, Rose Bhakta 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 B